Welcome back to the Campbell's Footballs podcast uh, with me, Dr. Grant Campbell. It's great to be back on the show for the Northern Irish Football Show. And I'm delighted to be joined in the company once again by a man we haven't seen on the show for quite a while, but he's a, a great a font of knowledge on all things Northern Irish football. Ryan McConville uh, is back on the show. Ryan, happy new year to you. Hope you're well. Happy new year, Grant. Great to be back. And here's the 2022 yeah, very much so. I mean, how has the start of the year been for you? Because you're always busy and I see a lot of your posts, you're, you're never stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could say that. Uh, recently, now that I've came home and been in Northern Ireland for a while and more settled than I've sort of ever been, uh, Grant, you know, I'm still involved at the Lauren Academy with the, with the girls set up from the, from the 16s down and then for, you know, anybody that knows me knows I like a challenge, so... Uh, warm point under 20s men's job became available uh, once I was home and I thought uh, because I didn't really have enough experience in the men's game I thought I would I would try and dip my toe into it and uh, I'm now in the job every 10 weeks so it's been it's been a really 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 big learning curve for me but a but a fantastic one nonetheless it's, it's the under 20s league is a is a good league and before we came on air, like I've told you, we played a couple of games between Ballymena, Glentorn and, and Crusaders yesterday. And we've come up against John Day Smith, David Parkhouse, Johnny McMurray. We've come up against some some formidable op- opposition. And it's a great learning curve for the boys at, at one point under 20s at the minute because they're coming up against good, good players who have been there and done it, you know. Mm-hmm. And and you get to obviously look at some homegrown talent as well. And we've seen Northern Ireland on the 21s and even some of the players who are making it into the senior squad now really kind of showcase their opportunities through the under-20 system. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a good league to be part of, to be fair. And being uh, connected with the Irish League clubs, you, you never know who's watching. You know, there's, there's first-team managers watching all the time. Uh, their scouts come to the local games and there's been a few local talents that's been picked up most recently. I think Lim- Limfield have had two or three go over to West Ham in mm-hmm. recent weeks. So it's definitely a good market for young talent. And we actually had our goalkeeper, Stevie McMullen, yesterday uh, make his debut for Warm Point against Crusaders. So uh, it's definitely a league that's that's sort of promoting development. And there's de- it's definitely a league that uh, promotes opportunity for sure. And talking about promoting opportunity, I've obviously had Lauren McCann on last week. It was great to have Lauren on the show. You know, we talk about the development of the women's game. You're obviously still very much involved with Lauren. The ladies' team uh, with Lauren are, are really making great strides as well, aren't they? Yep, they've they, they've returned back in their first week of preseason this week. Uh, got promoted to the championship last year. I think the boys have went back to back promotions, so they're going to be looking forward to another big league and hopefully they can get another promotion and get them into to Niffle. But big, exciting times for 2022, uh, Grant. You know, maybe our local game, there might be a wee eye off the local game this year in regards to our national team getting ready for the Euros. Mm-hmm. So some things might pass us by because all the focus will be on on that team, and uh, rightly so. And that'll, that'll bond the excitement 
for the I country, mean, especially the female game. Yeah, I mean, 2022 is going to be such a huge year for Northern Ireland's women and on Campbell's football. So we're doing a few special shows building up to that tournament. So do keep up to date for that in due course. But how excited are you for just Northern Irish football in 22, Ryan? I think both. I think both sets of the game can can be really, really excited, really, really optimistic in regards to where it's going. You've just have to see the men's game in recent weeks the transfers, uh, the bonus transfer, you know, getting a lot of attention. There's now Jimmy Glackens being touted to to be looked after by, by Glen Torn or Lauren. There's now money being reinvested in all the teams. And I know Liam Backett had a had a had a comment on it last week saying, you know, if if players are gonna be bought and the money's gonna be reinvested within within the league, it can only be good. For the league and for its teams, mm. but maybe we're looking at a maybe we're looking at a a big divide now. So we've got our Glen Torns, our Lawrens, our Limfields, our Crusaders, Cliftonvilles, and then we have that split again mm-hmm. where we have our Warren Points, our Dungannons, our Balaminas. You know that sort of way. So that could possibly be the only disadvantage for it. But you know the underdogs in the league grants yesterday, especially there was a few upsets. In the in the league, in the league yesterday. So, on any given day, this Irish league can can roster up some uh, questionable results or surprise results, should we say? Yeah, absolutely. We'll go to review some of those games uh, a little bit later on. But let's go back in chronological order of the week that was because Tuesday night uh, saw the first trophy uh, one of the season, the County Antrim Shield won. Uh, again by Larne, they successfully defended their title with a 1-0 win at Seaview against Linfield. Tomas Cosgrove with the winning goal. How big a achievement is this for Larne, Ryan? That's a, that's a massive achievement for Larne in regards to where they've come. The heritage of Larne in the last, what, maybe 10 to 20 years, they haven't picked up any silverware. Then obviously Kenny has come in and made that promise to, to the Larne fans, the Larne community, that He's going to make them eat at the big table, so to speak. So that's back-to-back County Antrim wins. Uh, the first County Antrim uh, won on penalties, obviously. And I don't think, I think that was COVID, so I don't think there was any supporters. Oh, no, the there was no supporters, no. No, no, there wasn't. Yeah. So, you know, winning a trophy with no supporters, I don't think I've, I don't think I've ever done that before. I think whenever we've won trophies or whatever, there's been supporters. So I don't know how that feeling would have been the first time, but... Definitely on Tuesday night. It was actually a game I was at, which was which was good to see. It was a great game. The atmosphere was electric. Seaview Grant is a small a small pitch that holds three four thousand, and both sets of fans were absolutely superb, which sort of added to the to the hype of the game. So whenever the supporters stayed on, I know it was an emotional week for for Lauren in regards to Kofi losing his his father and and the groundsman Jim Gervin. Uh, uh, you know. There was a lot of that dedicated, uh, and the win was dedicated to those both families. So that was fantastic in regards to the emotional side of the game. But Tiernan winning two two trophies back to back, County Adam Shields. Hopefully they can kick on from that. And I know we'll go on to the the result yesterday, but maybe that was just a little hangover and a little blip. But I'm sure they'll pick it up again. Yeah, I mean, you were at the game. Did Lauren deserve to win it over the ninety minutes? Well, I'm gonna sit, I'm gonna try and be as unbiased as possible. I'm a Glenavon fan, so you know if I'm looking at it from both both sides, I think Limfield, Limfield have a sort of 
direct way of playing, whereas Lauren have that play through the thirds and try and play a good, attractive football. And I think both teams really, really put a good account of the different contrast of styles. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Mazingo up top for Linfield, and then you have um, uh, Bonus coming on off the bench. You have um, Kofi coming on off the bench. You know there there was different there was different styles to it, but I think I think Lauren overall Thomas Cosgrove has has, has done fantastic for for the goal. It's a great through pass. It's a great cross. He rises up. He's not really marked in, inside the box, but it's a great great header to go past Chris Johns. You know and and that little bit of class has won it on the night. You know, there's been half chances for both teams, but I think that was the most straightforward chance of the night. I mean, there was a couple of incidents in the game. Obviously, Jordan Stewart went off injured, uh, potential broken leg, uh, which yeah. wasn't great to see. I'd see Fuad Sule had been out a tweet saying that he has spoken to Jordan Stewart after the game and there was no hard feelings. So I was really pleased to, to see that. But... David Healy wasn't particularly happy at the goal. He thought there was a foul in the build-up. What did you think? I, I have seen the clip of the goal. I didn't think there was a foul there, to be honest. No, I, I, I don't think so either. I, I don't think there was a goal. I think it was a I think it was a good challenge in, in, in my end. And, and once the referee played on and the ball went in, everybody played on, Grant, to mm. be fair. Even the Linfield fans weren't really, or the Linfield players weren't calling for a free kick. It's only when David has come out in, in his post-match saying he thought it was a foul. But again, maybe that's a maybe that's a manager thing trying to stick up for his players, you know, trying to, to take away some of the hype from it. But mm. I don't think it was a foul at all. Yeah. yeah. Did Law did Linfield miss Chris Shields in this game? Because he's such a big winner, isn't he? He's done all the stuff in the League of Ireland. You know, he's come into the Northern Irish League. He's probably been one of Linfield's best players this season. He was missing for this game and you know, it looked like he was badly missed. Yeah, yeah, no, he's a he's a big player, and and he's been a big player in the league since he's joined joined Linfield, and he's he's definitely contributed to some important goals and some important performances in in the league to date. And there's no there's no question that Linfield at the minute are the best team in the league. They're five points clear now, but I think they did miss Shields on the night. But given the size of the squad of 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 Linfield and and Lauren, you know, there's there's different players missing for both teams on, on the night. Um, you know, I don't think I don't think David would be using that as an excuse, really. You you talked there earlier on about Kofi Balmer being an emotionally charged week for him. What have you made of his development in the team at Lauren? Because he was obviously very well thought at at Balomina, um, and since he's come to Lauren, I've watched some of his performances, and he's still very young. He's still very raw, but. Getting a, a, a trophy under his belt, I'm sure he'll be absolutely delighted. Oh, it's certainly in emotional circumstances. Yeah, yeah. Kofi Bomber in general, I think watching him in the European games at the start of the year, I thought he was really, really heads and shoulders above his level. There was there was talk of him going across the water mm. uh, in regards to some of the performances that he made in Europe. I think he's one of the best defenders in the leagues, in the league, in the Irish League. Uh, and his performances have showed that he's strong, he's athletic. Technically, he's really, really good in the ball. He can read the game really well. He's obviously physical, uh, which which suits the league. And he's good in his duels, aerial duels, in his one versus ones. Um, but for me, he's one of the. He, I think he would start in any team in the Irish League, to be honest with you, because he's mm-hmm. one of those really, really good modern defenders. And you'll get a lot of experience alongside the likes of Albert Watson, who's been there, seen it, done it, hasn't he? 
Yeah, Albert's a true a true warrior. Every time you see you see Albert, he's he's getting himself involved in big physical challenges. He's making those headers. He's putting his body on the line. I actually think was there a story that he he had stitches the night before the the County Antrim Shield and he played on was, or something yes. like that. Yeah. Yeah, in Scottish terms, Grandy would be our equivalent to Braveheart, wouldn't he? Yeah, he would be like Terry Butcher, except without the blood. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was yeah. very interesting. Thomas Cosgrove got the winner, Ryan. It, it, I know there was a lot of joke in the Lauren camp that he's now a, a proficient goal scorer, isn't he? Because he got that own goal, didn't he, against Glenn Torn. But Thomas Cosgrove, over the years, has just been such a consistent player, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. And he's excelled now, now that the full-time training and stuff has come in. But I think Thomas... I think he joined Lauren right at the beginning of, of Tiernan's revolution. I think he, he has been one of uh, Tiernan's first signings. So he's came up through the ranks. You know, he's seen the the redevelopment of the club. He's seen the redevelopment of the pitch. And he's came up through the ranks, putting performances in each week. And again, he's another player who's still pretty young, but mm-hmm. who is now one of Irish leagues, one of the most creative and sort of influential players in the league at yes. the minute because his performances, Grant, he doesn't drop below a seven or an eight out mm. of 10 every week. Very, very consistent. And, you know, he's always popping up there either in one end of the box or the other. Yeah. We, we, we talked earlier on there about Lee Bonus. Obviously, a lot of talk, a lot of chatter about him signing for Larn. What was your reaction when that move came about? Because I must admit here in Scotland, I looked at that move and thought, Great move for Porter Down, they're going to get some money. Great move for Larne, because they're going to get a striker, a person that I think they needed in that position. And I think the Irish League wins as well, because they get to see this guy on TV in other matches, probably more on a regular basis than, with all due respect, we see with Porter Down at the moment. Yeah. I remember playing against Lee Bonus for Seagull United in the Intermediate A. Wow. Maybe four or five, four or five years ago. Grant, and in the intermediate A, middle or intermediate A, he was scoring goals for fun. I think he maybe scored 50 or 60 goals a season in that league. And I remember talking to Matthew Tipton whenever we were coaching at Belfast Met. I remember telling him about Lee Bonus and said, listen, if you want a striker, go and look at this guy. And he actually did go and look at him. And, and to be honest with you, he signed him and he's went from strength to strength after that. And he hasn't looked out of place for Porter Down. He's been a really, really, really good, good player, an exciting player, and he's got a lot of attention, and and he's warranted that move. Now, did we see him going to Larne, or did we see him going to Glentoran? Personally not. I thought maybe his move would have been across the water, but again, it goes to show you the ambitions of Larne, of Glentoran, signing these type of young players to go into their team full-time, so they're going to get their full-time training, so... Tippy's one of the best coaches in, in the Irish League. Now he's going to go to, to Tiernan and their coaching staff, but he's going to be there full-time, watching what they eat, training every day, you know, working with full-time players. It can only add to his performances on and off the pitch, you know? Yeah. So there might be even a bigger move two or three two or three seasons down the line. And again, does that include a parachute payment to pour it down? So money might be infiltrated back in the league that way as well. Mm -hmm. His tippy bought you a beer off the back of that recommendation. (laughs) (laughs) You probably can't even remember me telling him that, but but I promise I did tell him, I did tell him. 
Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting moment, and I must say, as I said earlier on, I think it's good for all three parties as I mentioned there, and hopefully he'll uh, rip it up because I think it'll be a, a very intriguing signing just to see his progression there. Uh, obviously, Linfield lost the final. Um, how hurting will David Healy and his team have been after that match? It's the first trophy of the year, and I think any teams that go into a final. Uh, wants to win the game. And I know David w- would have been, well, he's a serial winner, Grant, since he's been a manager at Olympic Football Club. He's won trophies season after season. So playing the County Anthem Shield on Tuesday night, he'd have definitely wanted wanted to win the win the trophy. Uh, but he's a professional. He's been there, done it, got the T-shirt. I'm sure he'll, the boys and him will have been disappointed. But mm-hmm. three or four days later, not to joy about football, you know you defend trying to stay at top of the league. And let's be realistic. Once you're the Linfield manager and Linfield players, there's a target on your back and there's a bow and arrow coming for it, you know. So David has to, you know, 24 hours of trying to get it out of the system and then you come back into training on the on the Thursday night and 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 you refocus to your game on the Saturday. And yeah. I think that's the way he would have approached it, for sure. Yeah, very much so. Well, let's actually talk about the, the second game on uh, on Tuesday because there was another huge game in the Premiership. I'll, I, as an aside to that County Atom Chief Fellow, Dungannon picking up a 2-1 win at Warren Point. And uh, plenty of people were tipping this as a bit of a relegation six-pointer, but you know, for Dungannon to come from a goal down uh, to win this game 2-1, James Dole scored a brilliant free kick. Darren McBrien yeah. getting the winner with five minutes to go. This will feel like a massive result for Dean Shields and the Swifts. Massive result for Dean Shields. Uh, massive three points for him in regards to the until the relegation dogfight between you know between Warren Point, Portadown, and themselves. Um, I've seen the goal. Unfortunately, Warren Point lost big Connor Mitchell. Um, mm. I think he, he he got four fractures to his face. Um, so Com- Andy's went on in place of that. And I think maybe his first touch was picking the ball out of the net, really, from, from Jane, James Knowles' free kick, which was absolutely superb. No, I don't think any goalkeeper. Oh, oh yeah, it was definitely, it's definitely a goal of the month uh, contender for sure. Um, and then Warren Point have got themselves back in the game uh, with the new signing, James Wixton, uh, having that. It was a really, really good strike. Daki Dunn might have thought he, he got two hands, good hands onto it, but the strike was good. So that was one each. And then I think, I feel sorry. I feel sorry for Warren Point at the minute, Grant, because they're working really, really hard. Uh, and and just that rub of the greens just not happening for them. You know, they're conceding mm. sort of last minute goals or sort of getting themselves into little conundrums that that is not helping their performances. And, Barry Gray works really hard along with his coaching staff. And Barry's actually worked really, really hard in the last maybe eight weeks. And he's brought in some decent players um, mm-hmm. to bolster that squad. So hopefully, hopefully Barry will get get, get his rewards in the rub of the green. Because you need luck, Grant. You need luck. And at the minute, that's probably what's missing in regards to Barry's team at the minute. Yeah, when you're down the bottom, you usually don't get the, the rubs of the green, as you mentioned there, and it certainly happened for them. But yeah, I think you made some good points there on Warren Point, because I was looking at their last four league games. Uh, they lost three of them, all by the odd goal, and they got a point at Dungannon in the, the reverse game. So they're in games, and I think that mm. has to be a frustration. They're in games, 
they're just not getting the desired results out of them and it, and it could cost them. But you mentioned some of the players that they that they brought in. I mean, it was, uh, it was um, you know, Adam Wickstead who uh, opened the scoring in this game. I think Kieran O'Connor has also gone into the setup at Warren Point as well. These guys, you know, they need to hit the ground running if they're going to get Warren Point out of the sticky situation they're in because, you know, it's going to be a tough task to, to keep them in the league with the situation they're at at the moment. Yeah, uh, but the new boys have come in. Wixton, McCann have come in. Kieran O'Connor, as you've mentioned, these guys have looked lively in, in, in their appearances in the last couple of games. And the, suppose the hardest thing in January, Grant, is you've been playing the games throughout up until December, January. Then you have three or four new faces coming in. Then they have to get to know each other. Then they have to gel then the manager has to pick them in the best position that he sees fit or what he's missing or what they can add to the team. And then you have that performances on the pitch that have to gel and that understanding between them. So it might take Barry three or four weeks for mm. those players to integrate into the squad and gel properly before you see the, the rewards of that. Yeah. I mean, let's talk quickly about Dungannon because we're going to come on to their game at the weekend just immediately after I talk about this. But we talked about James Doles with that free kick. But Darren McBrien, there's a lot of talk. I think it was uh, Stephen Beacom that said there was a lot of talk of McBrien potentially being looked at across the war. And I commented on his post on Twitter saying, I think he needs to stay at Dungannon, nurture into the setup under Dean Shields, and then perhaps in the yeah. summer look about uh, a, a move there. I mean, he scored uh, some very important goals. You know, he scored. Um, in the in the win at Carrick uh, recently, you know he scored the winner uh, on Tuesday night there. I mean, he, he's a very exciting talent, isn't he? Yeah, and that's something that Dungannon have done since since I remember playing football. Grant uh, Dixie Robinson there, Joe McAree, they have built that club up that promotes development, promotes young players through their academy, and. It's no surprise that most there's some Dungannon players now that have went on and played Premiership football in, mm -hmm. in England and, and Scotland. And that's no different than McBrain here because I see that same sort of trade happening here where he's going to apply his trade under Dean Shields at a, at a good run club who try and play the game the right way. And Dean Shields is getting an awful lot of credit at the minute for trying to play the game the right way, you know, that high press, that keeping the ball, you know, and that, and he's very, he's like his dad. He, he's, he's very sort of strict in regards. That's his philosophy. And I, I'm not changing for anyone. And if yeah. I'm going to get results, that's the way I'm going to get it, you know, and he's probably had one or two transfer windows now to get his own players in. So now his true stamp is being, being put on that shrewd bit of business, getting Dacky done in. Absolutely. Um, which, probably in Dean's eyes has seen some of his points being dropped because he didn't have a regular goalkeeper in and didn't fit his system. Now he's got Daki in and he's picked up some great results. So that's a that's a good bit of business there. But I can see I can see Dungannon picking more points up and getting themselves out of that danger for sure. And, and they've brought in the likes of Gary Breen, haven't they, from Cliftonville as well, which I think is interesting. And they've got guys like Cowan in there at the back and, you know, James Knowles in midfield. They're beginning to get some experienced players in that team because I thought they had some good raw players in there, but they maybe just like that little bit of nice to get the results in big games. But now they're beginning to come so, and we'll obviously come on to talk about the match against Lauren in a minute. But, you know, obviously... 
great result for them at Warren Point. And then we'll now come on to talk about this. I mean, I must admit, Ryan, when I saw this game, I mean, myself and Lauren, we were previewing it last week. I couldn't see anything other than Lauren winning that game against Dungana last week because the head-to-heads before that match on Saturday, Lauren won 4-2 at Dungana in the season. And then the last four, or in fact, it was more than that, the last, well, since 2012, Dungannon hadn't beaten Lauren in any competition. This is Dungannon's first win at Inver Park since 2004, uh, according to Marshall Gillespie, which I thought was an astonishing statistic in its own right. How big a result was this for Dungannon? Because in a week where, you know, they're fighting for their lives at the bottom, they've picked up six valuable points and have pretty much secured their status, haven't they? Yeah, I think so. And this league, this this Irish league, can take you from being a hero to zero inside 24 to 48 hours. The games come thick and fast, Grant. And, you know, I would say, Lauren, winning the game on Tuesday night, it's been emotionally filled. They've probably had a day off on the Wednesday. They've came back into train Thursday, stroke Friday, uh, and then they've went in to to the game with a wee bit of a wee bit of jaded legs because not only physically but emotionally it's probably took its toll on them during the week in regards to what had happened. But take that away, you know, Dean Shields goes up, he plays his four three three, he's a high he's playing the high press and for the goal especially in the third or fourth minute I think it yep, was it was Bolger yep. plays I think Bolger gets the ball. Bolger plays a long square pass. I think he gets it from the edge of his box and he tries, he bypasses Rowan Ferguson and he tries to play to Albert Watson, but Mays is making that run into the box. I can't remember who dispossessed Albert Watson on the edge, but it gets squared across and Mays scores the goal. You know, if you're probably, if you're turning, you're probably saying that sloppy, that sloppy play in that defensive third trying to keep possession because such a long square ball across the box. But in regards to Dungannon, They've obviously seized the opportunity. They've read that. They've read that scenario well, and they've pounced on it. Yeah. And I think I listened to Tiernan's interview after the game. I think he admitted that they panicked a wee bit, and the fans panicked a wee bit, and then things got uptight, and they tried to force things to trying to make it happen instead of just relaxing and playing their game. And unfortunately, the more the more emotions that were getting flowed about the pitch and the fans doing that, I think maybe Lauren just tried to force it too much instead of just let, letting it happen naturally. I mean, we'll talk about Lauren in a moment, but Ryan Mays, obviously a previous guest of my show, I was really pleased to see him get the goal yesterday because he's a player that I really admire. He was very good uh, for Dungannon the first time round. Obviously, Balamina, they had a bit of a, a good spell there as well, and it was also Balnamalar, but him adding goals to his game now, that's got to help him and Dean Shields, the team. We talked about McBreen as well. You know, when you've got players like that that have got that energy and that kind of enthusiasm, that's going to massively help you, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. And I think I think you have to have praise on the manager here uh, because I think Ran, I think listening to your to your show the last time when you had Ran on, I think Ran openly admitted that Dean lets him go out and play and express himself, you know, in that in that final third. And I think that's what he's doing. And again, he's another he's another player that's been around the block in the Irish in the Irish league. He's played for various different teams, done well at various different teams. But I think he he feels at home at Dungannon, and he's playing under a manager that lets him go out and express himself. And I think by doing that, you're getting the best out of him. 
Yeah, no, very much so. I mean, obviously, Lauren had made quite a few changes. Cosgrove wasn't in the team. You know, there was quite a few interesting names. I think Adam, um, the boy Scott, Andy Scott was in the team. You know, Naziri started the match. There was a few changes in that team. Do you think that maybe upset the rhythm a little bit for Lauren as well in this match? I'm not so sure, Grant. I'm not so sure. Like, the, those boys train every day. That squad is in contact with each other every day. So I'm sure Tiernan... Tiernan's a shrewd manager, a very, very talented manager, you know. And people's went on record by saying he's one of the best managers in the, in the country. Um, so on Tuesday night, he's probably picked the team that he felt could win the game with one eye on the league for the Saturday, knowing that he would play Naziri, knowing that he would bring a few other boys on the pitch on Saturday to do the job in regards to freshness, in regards to stuff like that. And it just hasn't worked for them on, on Saturday. And and sometimes that happens, Grant. You know, sometimes you come you come and no disrespect to Dungannon, but Lawrence should be winning that game all day long. Um and Tiernan will know that. The players will know that. Um, and it's maybe just a hangover hangover effect from, from the start of the week, you know. But yep. I'm sure they'll bounce back for sure. I mean, one other thing we need to talk about before we move on. Connor Devlin has been taken back off the transfer list. That's got another positive, I'm sure, though, for Lauren. They've got another competition for the goalkeeper because Rowan Ferguson, I think Argelides has been in as well a couple of times. With Devlin back in there, a guy who knows the league has won trophies there, that might be an important cog long-term. Yeah. The way he's conducted himself off the field, Grant, um, during his injury, you know, he does use social media quite a bit and it's easy to follow his progress. He's <laughs> been dedicated. He's never once sort of come out and felt sorry for himself or spoke illy of the club or anything. He's got his head down. He's worked so hard to get his fitness back. He's been a true professional. I even think while he was doing his rehab, he was going down to coach some of the young boys in the academy as well and really keeping himself connected with, with Lauren. So I would say the fact that he's worked so hard to get himself back to fitness, he's conducted himself impeccably. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now he, he is one of the most, he is one of the best goalkeepers in that league before he got injured. Yes. There's no doubt about it, you know, and that is a massive, massive boost for Lauren now. Now they have three top keepers at the club. So that's going to be exciting to see how that, that shootout works out, to see if he can reclaim the number one spot. But interesting to see. Very much so. I mean, one last thing on this game. Dungannon, six points out of six. Lauren winning the County Anthem Shield this week. Who has had the better week? Oh. I think winning the trophy is always a, a plus. I think Tiernan's first priority would be to try and move himself up that league to try and get, you know, I think that's the holy grail for, for Tiernan now because he's won the county Antrim. You know, he's got into the Irish Cup final. I think the big the big one would be to win the league. But if I'm if I'm on the fence here, I'm saying it's a better week for Dungannon because they've they've Ease that pressure down there. Six points, massive. I think Quarter Downs only reclaimed one point there at the mm-hmm. weekend. Yeah. Unfortunately, War Point haven't picked up many points. So there's beginning the week gap starting to materialize at the bottom. And 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 on Lauren, last point on this, uh, that defeat leaves them eleven points behind Linfield, played the same amount of games. Are they out of the title race? <sighs> 
like I say, the Irish League's funny old game now with suspensions kicking in, COVID still knocking around. It could hit a a team for three or four positions very, very easily during the week. Anything can happen, but it's a lot of ground to it's a Mm -hmm. lot of ground to try and make up now, Grant. But I still think they have to play Limfield three times. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they've got the, the cup as well. They've got the Irish Cup as well. Yeah. So that's something to certainly to play for. And obviously the European battle. So no, yeah. I just thought I'd yeah. ask the question because I think Albert Watson came out and said on I think it was the score or even the, the chat with, with Garth Foden, you know, we we haven't said publicly that we're out of the title race, but after that defeat, you kind of have to ask that question. Yeah, yeah. And that'll be that's a good test of their mentality now and what the reaction's gonna be, but Maybe this week you'll see a big reaction, so uh, they'll be ready to, to sort of reclaim their three points come next week. Yeah, very much so. Let's move on. Uh, let's discuss the team who are uh, going five points clear as we're recording this at the top of the table. Linfield, they bounce back for that defeat to the County Antrim Shield, a 1-0 win against Balamina. Uh, Christy Manzinga, uh, who else scored the uh, only goal of the game? Um, this is the perfect tonic as I said, for, for David Healy to get back to winning ways and, and open up a cushion at the top before Cliftonville and Glen Tour meet on Monday night as we're recording this. Yeah, massive, massive win for them. And Balamina were on a great run. I think they'd went five undefeated going into that game. Um, and it was always so Balamina were the team on form going into that game. And with Limfield playing on Tuesday night, you know, a couple of days to recover. It was all. It was going to be very, very hard. But Linfield have this mentality, Grant. You know, they'll be disappointed for twenty-four hours, but they'll dust themselves down and they'll go again. And David Healy's a proven winner. The mentality at Linfield is that you win cups and you have that siege, siege mentality because there is a there is a dartboard on your back, you know, and everybody tries to get them. Um, mm-hmm. But Linfield eat that pressure up, I think. I think they just have that mentality, especially in the league and especially with their manager, that mm-hmm. he doesn't let them rest on their laurels, you know. But you look at the goal, you look at the goal on Saturday, again, scrappy sort of goal, bounces in and around the box three or four times, it hits bodies, it comes out, it ricochets, and then Manzinga on the edge of the box, he puts it into the top corner, which is an absolute smashing goal. It is, um, it is. But he he's you stop Christy Manzinga. I think you stop Linfield personally. That's mm-hmm. when I've watched them. If you stop him, then you've definitely took a massive uh, chain out of their chainmail. Like, but when he scores and he's on his on his game, Grant Linfield are a hard machine to stop. I mean, one thing that is so interesting to see about Linfield this season: they've just conceded eleven goals in the twenty-two games played. That is title-winning form, isn't it, defensively? Yeah, yeah. What, what, what's the old cliche? Uh, forwards win your games, but defences win your titles. And again, their defence, their goalkeeper, their back four, really, really tight. You've only conceded 11 goals. In, and how many games have we played in the league now? 22. 22. So that's maybe just an average of one goal per game. So... That that is a decent that's a decent per se you know that's a decent sort of ratio of of goals conceded but I still think they're the team to beat in the league mm-hmm. the best team wins the league you know the best team consistently wins the league and at this present minute in time Linfield's that consistent team just they just yeah just churn out results 
Yeah, I mean, Chris McKee signed from Rangers. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of talk in the window that, that Linfield are looking for a striker. Do you still think that they will get an, another big name before the window shuts? I heard Kyle Laverty was going to them. That was a lot of talk I, 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 here. I for, I for Jason Cummings. So uh, between <laughs> us, I think we've heard a couple of ones here from Scotland. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't see Kyle Laverty coming. I, I don't see so. I think Kyle Laverty might go back to, to Kilmarnock. But... Uh, yeah, there's big talk. They're trying to get somebody else in. Who knows? Again, Healy will play that that sleeve. I play that uh, card up his sleeve very, very tight, you know. And over the next week or two, he'll he'll use his contacts. He'll he'll go search Scotland. He'll search England. And if he thinks that moves right, he'll bring he'll bring someone across. Um, but Linfield are not done in the transfer window. I don't think just yet. Obviously, we said earlier on about Jordan Stewart's injury, but maybe given a bit of an opportunity to guys like Marty Donnelly, who've been kind of on the periphery a little bit this year, still a class player, along with guys like Kurt Miller and Jamie Mulgrew, who's come back from injury. Yeah. Um, the Donnelly ones a, was a surprising one whenever he, he joined Linfield. Uh, he surprised a lot of people and a lot of teams in the league going there. But again... He's he's been a proven player. He's been around the block. He's played for his Cliftonville's as Lawrence. You know he's been a fantastic player. Now he joined Linfield. He just hasn't probably got going as much as possible, Grant. You know he hasn't started as many games as he probably thought he would. But there's a mm-hmm. lot of competition in that in that squad. And you know, I think he lacks the physicality for David Healy. I don't mm. think it's his skill. I don't think it's his skill level at all. I think it's the physicality part of the game that because. His dead balls are good, you know. He's he, he's good at his, his dribble and, and his attacking in the final third. It's maybe his physicality and his is what he does behind the ball is probably why he doesn't get as many games for for Linfield. I mean, so having a look at Balamina's recent results up to that games against Linfield, the last two defeats were against Linfield, both one nil at the National Stadium. I think David Healy be disappointed, but at the same time, I think you'll look at the the latest run of results they've had. They won at home to Coleraine. They beat Porter down. They threw in the Irish Cup with that one against Loch Gull. They won at Dungannon. They're going in a decent direction despite this loss. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think David Jeffries will 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 panic too much. You know, again, a man that has been there, done it, got the T-shirt. He has now got himself in numerous scenarios. He's been at the top with Linfield. He's won all those trophies, and then he's obviously came to Ballymena, and it's definitely a project for him. I think David Jeffries, if he gets a good Irish Cup run and he can get into that top six position, I think David Jeffries will see that as a, as, as a successful season. Don't you? Yeah, yeah. no, I absolutely agree. And I think some of the signings that he's uh, brought into the window will be quite interesting, particularly Kim Nelson, because I think that's a really good signing. He's been really good for Ards in the championship and obviously has had premiership experience before. I feel like he is a guy who is evolving his game and he could be a, a very shrewd signing I think for Balamina Yeah David will know those players and David's recruitment team and scouting team will have watched Kim Nelson in regards to, to what they needed and what department they needed to add I'm not too sure if Davies, Davies worked with Kim Nelson before I'm not too sure on that one um, mm-hmm. but I know Kim Nelson will add to that squad he'll add again another physical type of player and he adds into that league, he'll suit that league and he'll suit Balamina's type of type of style because Balamina are big and physical. They're not they're not a Dungannon, they're not a Lauren where they play through the thirds and try and play attractive football. You know, they 
they're a bit of a long ball team that try and get the ball up to Parkhouse and and feed off the strike on the feed off the strikers, so to speak. So Nelson will be a great addition to that. But again, top six and maybe progress in the Irish Cup. I think it'll be a fantastic season for Balamina. Just very quickly there, you mentioned about David Parkhouse up and running and getting a couple of goals now. Obviously had that injury at the start of the season, just getting him back into play gives Balamina a bit of a chance in this battle for the top six. Yeah, for sure. We we actually played against him on his um, on his route to recovery. He actually played 60 minutes against Warren Point 20s not so long ago. And we actually didn't appreciate just how good of a player he was. But his physicality, his first touch, Grant is his awareness and his runs in the final third was fantastic. So you can see him now playing for the first team and, and getting those goals and he's getting himself up and running. So he's gonna he's gonna be very, very important going into the second half of the season for Balamina. Hopefully yeah. he stays injury free. Absolutely, because I think he's been uh, very good. And I stuck him in my fantasy team. More on that later. Uh, let's uh, to, let, let's talk about Warren Point, because obviously you've been talking about the under-20s. They were uh, in action again on, on Saturday, Warren Point. Not a great week for them. They, they lost at home to, to Dungannon, and then they, they came on done 1-0 at home to, to Crusaders. By all accounts, a bit of a bitty game, a bit of a scrappy game, a bit of a battle. But Crusaders managed to come out on top of the three points, and it's been a really, really good start to 2022 for Crusaders, hasn't it? Because they've won the last three games and they still yet to concede a goal this this year so far. Yeah, leading up to that, you know, Stephen has sort of admitted that there was COVID cases within the group. It was found it very, very hard for them to train. It was very, very hard for them to get any sort of run together. And then they played one game and they've really pushed on from that since the, the cases have sort of, and they've got their squad back to normal. Um, so he's on a bit of a good run in regards to the match yesterday. You know, again, another game that, that it was at. Scrappy game. Crusaders don't like to go down to Milltown, Grant, you know. So that game's always tight and edgy. Uh, and young Stevie Benton Mullen, the goalkeeper, makes his debut for, for Connor Mitchell. Done really, really well. Pulled off some fantastic saves. But Warren Point had their chances too. And Jonathan Tuffy made three or four world-class saves to yep. deny Warren Point. So Warren Point, they're knocking on the door, Grant, but like we said earlier in the in the chat, it's just not falling for them. You know, yesterday's goal for Crusaders, the ball falls off the post and falls to Clark and he volleys it, volleys it in from the net from six or seven yards. You know, Johnny yep. Tuffy saves the ball, he knocks it out for a corner. And in the last minute, 93rd minute, you know, they have one, Warren Point have one cleared off the line and another day is that goes into the net. Mm-hmm. So Barry's just that that wee bit of good fortune, I think, at the minute to pick up points. Yeah, I mean, one thing for Warren Point that was interesting is that Francis McCaffrey is back in the team. Obviously, he's been out injured for a period of time. They need him back in, and they need these experienced players coming in to try and get them out of the situation. But they need they need a goal scorer. Alan O'Sullivan's kind of struggling for a goal. He needs to get back in the goal scoring groove, doesn't he? Yeah, I think if you ask if you ask the manager down there and if you ask Barry, I, he, he probably won't care how the goals come, whether somebody volleys, volleys it and it hits hits Alan O'Sullivan on the bum and goes into the net or it goes in some ricochet, two or three ricochets and goes into the net. They just need that they just need that bit of good fortune. And I know they have the Mid Ulster Cup final on Tuesday night against against Anna and against um Kieran, who you've had on your on yeah, your show before. Yeah. You know, so Hopefully, 
you know, if they can come out trumps on that game on Tuesday night, maybe that'll put a wee bit of confidence in them, like like it did for 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 Lauren. You know, we're winning the first trophy; it might galvanise them in regards to the second half of the season. Yeah, six consecutive clean sheets for Crusaders. Their last goal they conceded was in a one 0 loss at Glenavon at the start of December. It's a really good run the Cruiser on at the moment. They're up to fourth on 39 points. You know, it was a lot of talk at the start of the season of fans being a little bit unhappy with Stephen Baxter, but he's shown in the last, certainly, month or a half or so that his side are still very much going to have a say in what happens between now and the rest of the season. Yeah, massive. I wouldn't rule, I wouldn't rule Crusaders out. I don't think they'll win the league now. I don't think that they're, they're a title-winning team if you compare them to a Linfield, a Glentor and a Larne. But they're definitely, then between them and Crusader, or sorry, them and Cliftonville, you know, they will definitely have a big say in this title race because they're a really formidable team with some formidable players. Mm-hmm. I mean, one last thing on Crusaders, Jude Winchester signing. Um, what did you make of that move? Because, you know, I really liked Jude Winchester when he was at Balamina. He's a little bit unlucky with injuries, but, you know, if he gets a bit of a run in this Crusaders team, he could be a real threat for midfield, couldn't he? I didn't see that one coming, Grant, if I'm honest. I didn't see that that move coming. But again, it goes to show you Stephen Baxter's fingers on the pulse. You know, he's, he's still attracting those type of players. Again, Jude Winchester... Fantastic player. He was fantastic at Cliftonville. Went to Balamina. You know, wasn't too bad at Balamina either. As you say, a few injuries sort of stopped that that run and that, that good form. But maybe Jude will, will like this now. A clean slate, you know, start off fresh again, come into a new team, a new buzz with new objectives. So he'll very much be looking looking forward to that new challenge. But it's a great bit of business from, from Crusaders for sure. Yeah, as I said, they are Crusaders up to fourth on 39 points. Warren Point, unfortunately, still at the bottom on just eight. Now, we talked a little bit about the fact that you do support Glenavon, Ryan. Uh, what a afternoon yesterday at uh, the Belfast Lock Show Arena, or Taylor's Avenue, as many people will call it. I don't know if that's the, the title, but we're going with Taylor's Avenue. Um, it looked like Carrick were going to pick up a, a victory with 10 minutes to go. They were 2-0 up, two goals from Ben Tilney and Jordan Gibson, but two Stoppage time goals in the second period of the game from Matthew Stoddy and Matt Fitzpatrick um, getting Glenavon a point. It's been a pretty a rough start to 2022 for Gary Hamilton. It's been a very tough season for Glenavon as a whole. But that turnaround in stoppage time yesterday, Ryan, will feel like Glenavon picked up all three points yesterday, even though they only did get a point in the end. <laughs> with with Glenavon, it's like putting your it's like putting your hand hands into the, uh, the Cadbury's heroes and trying to pull out one of your favourite sweets for performances because you just never know, you just never know, Grant, what you're going to get. One week you're going to have a Glenavon team that can beat any team, any team. When they come out and you see them for the first 10 or 15 minutes, you know that the result's going to go your way. I've watched them five or six times now this season and then there's other times they just come out and they're just flat and they make a few mistakes and then it's just hard for them to come back. What was pleasing for them yesterday was they went down 2-0 again, the worst scoreline in football. Um, you know, and they come back with four or five minutes to go with Snotty and, and Fitzpatrick popping up. But the goals, the goals that Glen Avon give away on a weekly basis is is poor, Grant. It's poor. You know, Tilney, Tilney run 
maybe 60 or 70 yards yesterday for his first goal. And no one closed him down. No one committed a foul on the on the halfway line to slow him down, you know, and they went 1-0 up. You know, then the second goal, I think a lot of referees have got a lot of criticism over the last week or two in regards to performances. Ross Dunlop plays a very, very good advantage in in, in Carrick's second goal, mm-hmm. you know, where another referee might have just blown it and stopped the whole rhythm of it. But Ross yes. Dunlop played that and went on, till he went down again and, and they and they scored and they scored from that 2 0. And then I'm sure Stewardy's probably kicking himself. 90, what was it, 91st minute? They've, they've got one back. And then the second goal in stoppage time again from a restart and from a long ball. I think Danny Wallace hoofs the ball like Gary Owen, maybe up in the air and it comes down and it gets flicked on and then they score. And then the restart play from a corner and, and Fitzpatrick pops up with, with his header. You know, but I have that. I don't know. I'm seeing it now in Irish League. There's not too many people stay on the post for these restarts either now. You know, yeah. if somebody's on the back post, they clear that off the line and they win and they get their three points. I don't know what that is with managers now, especially in, in the game. But mm-hmm. for, for Glen Avon supporter, you're right. It felt like three points for us. I mean, what was your thoughts on Gary Hamilton's, um, shall we say, frustrated interview after the Crusaders game in the Cup? Because I watched the game. Crusaders, on the whole, very, very good and, you know, deserved, I thought, to win the game. But Glenavon got nothing on the night, I felt they should have had uh, potentially a, a red card against Billy Joe Burns. I think the offside goal that Glenavon didn't get for the first goal, the one that was Snoddy's goal, that could have been 1-0, was ruled out. The second offside goal was ruled out as well. Then they concede the second goal, and then it kind of fell apart for them. But what was your thoughts on Gary Hamilton post-match? Because he says quite a few times that he feels that his team and, you know, in matches that they've been on the wrong end of decisions. What's your take home from that? As a manager, how do you feel when things like that are not going your way? Yeah, I was actually at that game. Um, on the Friday night, and when you see it, when you see the things in real time, Grant, it's a wee bit harder to process because I'm not sticking up for referees, but it's a hard decision to make. It's a hard decision to make. Now the Billy Joe Burns incident, for sure, I think that's a red card. I don't know if it was a penalty. I don't know. You would have to obviously watch it back three or four times, but I definitely do believe that challenge was a red card because he was going three on goal. So he's denied a clear goal, goal scoring opportunity. So letter by law, I think that's a red card. Yep. You know, so now when they play eleven against ten, um, the goal that's offside or supposedly offside, I think that's onside. I think when watching it back on the highlights, it was onside again. You go one 0 up there playing against eleven v ten. You know, so there's a lot of incidents in the game, and whereas we're praising Ross Dunlop. And the advantage he gave the character yesterday in good officiating. Unfortunately, I felt on, on the night, on the Friday night, it was a poor performance by the officiating team because they got a lot of decisions wrong. And as a manager, I think Gary actually came out. Referees just pick up their games the next week. Mm-hmm. As a manager, you, you run the risk of getting sacked. You run the risk of that result maybe the be-all and end-all of you getting into Europe or getting relegated. You mm-hmm. know, there's repercussions for the teams 
Now, a referee officiating team might get demoted and go to a lower division game the next week, but eventually they'll be back up into the Premiership again. Mm-hmm. So I think Gary Hamilton was very, very sort of on the money on, on his post-match on his post-match interview because he was very honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a manager, you have to watch yourself and what you say because you can get yourself in trouble. Yeah. Um, but you have to feel his frustrations because if it's happened, if it happens to David Healy or Stephen Baxter, Grant, <laughs> they're not pulling any punches. Yeah. Do you feel, though, that he actually should be a little bit more frustrated at, we talked about this earlier on, the level of the goals that Glenavon have conceded, not just yesterday and the Crusaders game, but just across the season. I mean, the Crusaders game, the, the second goal and, and the two later goals, I think are awful defending. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's probably an area for Glenavon for me. I think we need a new goalkeeper. I thought maybe we'd make a move for, for a new goalkeeper in, in, in January. Letting Johnny Tuffy go was, for me, a catastrophe because he was one-off, if not the best goalkeeper in the, in the league. Um, you know, Doyler's picked up different injuries throughout the season. There hasn't been a regular back four playing. It's been disjointed at times. You know, there's no... Stafford's been injured. Hockey's been injured. I would love to see the stats in regards to that, how many times they've actually had a full back four out playing. Mm. Because I don't think Hockey and Stafford have played in many games together, if, yeah. I, if I'm honest. Um, and whenever they made those signings in the summer, Waterworth, Hockey, Stafford, proven winners, proven players in that league, you, as a Glenavon fan, you're very optimistic, but you're showing, flip, that's just exactly what we need. But, it hasn't sort of worked out that way. So it's frustrating as a supporter. And I'm sure it's frustrating as Gary because Gary's made those signings going proven players, proven proven winners. That can only add to, to our squad. Yeah. I mean, obviously they got a point yesterday which will feel like a win for Glenavon. Carrick and Stuart King will be absolutely livid at losing the two points in this game to only get a point. You tune all up into the 90th minute, you can see two goals in stoppage time. You know, what could have been a, a really good three points and then being four points behind Glenavon, even three points behind Glenavon, now they're six behind. Yeah. <clears throat> I'd love to have been a fly on the wall in that changing room at full time uh, because no one, no one, Stuart, he, he's very, very straight to the point. He comes out and does his interviews very honestly. If he doesn't think it's up to speed, he'll he'll tell the cameras that. So I'm sure he'll have been frustrated with his players yesterday and he probably made them aware of that in the changing room for sure. Uh, and again, he started off the he started off his campaign, uh, his managerial campaign in the league like like a greyhound, greyhound out of the traps, Grant. You know, he was... He was up in the top four position for maybe the first nine games, ten games played, and then he went on a bit of a a, a bit of a blip, which has dropped him down into the mix off. Carrick put it down, Dungan at one point, you know. So those three points yesterday would have been massive to him. But again, he probably he probably be disappointed, but he's probably he's chalked up another point. And he's chalked yep. up another point towards safety. So he'll probably be so frustrated not getting the three points, but I'm sure he'll have rather have drew the game than lost it. 
Yeah, Carrick are seven clear of 11th place Pora Down, and we'll go on to talk about Pora Down because they drew 0-0 with Coleraine. Um, what, what, what's your thoughts on this game? Because, you know, I, I think it's a result that probably helps neither team. Would that be fair? I think it's good for I think it was good for Porter Down. I think with with obviously one point not picking up any points, Porter Down's chalked up another point, which is taken taking them what five five ahead of one point now. Yeah, um, five ahead of one point. So that's one point need two wins uh, to to get above them now. Although I think one point's got a game in hand over that's Porter right. Down. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's I think the point. For Tippy, he he'll like that. He'll like to get some more points on the board because they've had a poor run on the thing. But for for Oren, I'm sure he would have been going down to Shamrock Park yesterday, expecting to get three points to try and expect them to to move up that table and keep them in with a with a chase and pack. But Portadown's goalkeeper Jethrin Barr, it's been a it's been a maybe a, a show of goalkeepers tonight. You know, Jethrin Barr has has come in from South Africa and and produce some wonder displays for Portadown and he's probably contributed to six or seven points for Portadown mm-hmm. this season. Yeah. Grant, you know, so only for him, Tippy and Portadown could be in a worse position. Yeah, obviously they've lost Lee Bonus, uh, but Matty Lusty's come in uh, on loan till the end of the season. Uh, they've also got a couple of new signings in as well. Howard Beverlin, particularly in at the back. They're going to need experience in this little battle they're in at the bottom if they're going to stay alive, Portadown. Yeah, it's funny, Grant. The two the two teams has probably done the most recruiting over over January has been Warren Point and Portadown, uh, to date. Um, and Tippy again very shrewd in the transfer window knows what he wants. He'll use that he'll use that money for bonus, uh, the right way, and he'll bring in players like Beverly, who maybe he's got three or four hundred games under his belt in the Irish League, so that experience will will be invaluable. He's got young Matty Lusty coming in. And again, watching Matty Lusty for Lauren throughout the season. He's a talent, again, very, very similar to, to McKendry, uh, mm. a very similar type of player. Um, so he'll definitely add a bit of flair to the Porter Down team. So, you know, I think those I think those signings will help will help Tippy and Porter Down. I think he, I think he'll be okay. I think I think Porter Down could put a run to get out of it, I think they actually can, to be fair. Uh, no league wins in the last seven now for Coleraine, apart from those wins against Windmill and Warren Point. The last league win was against Larne at home in the live game on the on the BBC stream. What's happened to Coleraine? I mean, they were in a, a really good run at the start of the season, but this is a bit of a, more than a blip, isn't it? They're now seven behind Larne. Okay, they played a game less, but they're eight behind Crusaders having played 21 games. Coleraine are in a battle for the top six now, aren't they? What it looked like at the start of the season, they could have been pushing potentially to challenge for the title. Yeah, uh, it's a weird one because there, there's another manager that is a proven winner, a manager that conducts himself well, who gets the best out of his players, who you know has really went back to Coleraine, and this is the first probably blip grant that Oren Kearney has had since his return. The yes. Coleraine. So it's it'll be very, very intriguing how Oren gets himself out of that. It'll be interesting to see if he brings in any new players. It'll be interesting to see if he changes his tactics. 
you know, I know they've got the new pitch, but mm-hmm. with Tony Glacken in, in the ranks, they're type of footballers that like to play in those sur- type of surfaces. So going down to Portadown probably didn't suit them. Mm-hmm. And yet that result in a, in a bobbly, wet, sticky pitch. No, it's, it's interesting because it's hard to put your finger on what exactly has went wrong because I'm sure Oren hasn't done anything different to what he's been normally doing. So is it a is it a is it a sign that these teams around him are getting stronger? And and Coleraine are just now they can't they can't invest the same amount of money that the bigger clubs are doing and they're getting left behind or 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 has something changed within within the camp? You know it's it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it very much is. So, I mean, Curtis Allen's been back from injury. He started the game at Portadown. I noticed he was in the team. But, you know, we talked earlier on about Jamie Glacken there. If he does leave Coleraine, as, you know, what is being rumoured, how big a loss is he going to be? Yeah, that's a massive loss. Jamie, Jamie Glacken is a is a fantastic player and has been a fantastic player for Coleraine and a great servant to Coleraine in, in, recent, in recent times. He's been a consistent player. You know, he's been one of he's been one of the Irish League's most sort of flourish type players throughout mm. the league. Again, when he touches the ball, you know, he gets the fans going. He gets a wee bit of excitement going. Gets the fans off their feet. So losing a player like Glackman for Korean would be a massive loss. Massive mm. loss. Yeah. But again, does it happen in the January window? I don't think so. If anything is going to happen, he might sign a pre-contract with somebody. But I don't think he'll go anywhere until the end of the season if he goes at all. Yeah, so it was nil-nil there at Shamrock Park. Put it down. Uh, stay 11th on 13 points, Coleraine. Uh, level with Balamina um, on 31 points, Coleraine ahead of them on goal difference. There was, of course, one match we haven't covered, which is Cliftonville against Glentorn. That is being played on Monday the 17th of January. We're recording this on Sunday the 16th. Just very quickly on that game, Ryan, because obviously when people are tuning into this, they will now know what the scoreline is. But very quickly, how do you see that game going uh, at Solitude? Ooh, that's a that is a that's a humdinger. Like that's the best game of the weekend for me, uh, and and rightly so being on TV. Paddy um, mm-hmm. McLaughlin's done well at Cliftonville. You know they're playing well. They were top of the league there. They've lost their place at top of the league, but they're still not out of it yet. They're still not out of it yet. But then you have Mick McDermott, and for a team that was going so bad and a lot of social media calling for people's heads and didn't think they were quite they were quite up to title winning. He's fairly turned it around. He's got two manager of the month awards now, Grant. Um, right. and they're not too far away. They're not too far away. Jay Donnelly's playing out of his skin. The addition of some of these new players of of Murray coming in. You know, Aaron McCarry back in between the sticks after his incident with Bobby Burns. You know, Glenn Turner filled with pedigree, filled with pedigree, and, yeah. I, and I don't think I don't think they've stopped there either. I don't think so. I think they're. I think they'll still go again, and maybe yeah. add another one or two more here in January. So they're yeah. for they're a formidable force. Who do I think could win? I think Glenn Torn will win tomorrow. Yeah, I, I think it'll be a very close. I wouldn't be surprised if it finishes a draw, in which case that would be great news for, for Linfield. But I think whoever loses this game, I think, is definitely going to be under pressure to, to win the league. And if, if it is finished a draw, I think Linfield will be happy with that. But as I said earlier on, by the time you listen to this, you will know who has won that game. 
at Solitude. Uh, let's move into the Championship because the Championship is just the, the most bonkers league in Northern Ireland. And it really kick-started on Friday night there with the league leaders, Uri City, missing the chance to increase their lead at the top of the table when they went down 2-1 at home to Harlan and Wolf Welders. An own goal, uh, winning the game for the Welders, Stephen Maguire putting through his own net. Um, but what a win this was for the Welders, but what a disappointment for Newry to miss that opportunity to increase their lead at the top, especially after winning in the Irish Cup last week against Warren Point. Yeah, it just goes to show you, Grant, you know, last week, they call it the Mourn Ultimatum. There was maybe seven, 800 fans at that game. Atmosphere electric. Newry, Newry take the spoils. They're probably on cloud nine. You know, the next week, Grant, I really do believe it takes you maybe two or three days to settle down from big results. I really do believe that, both emotionally and physically. And then they went went into normal service, going into the league on Friday night. You know, probably going in with a lot of confidence, I must add, um, Mm -hmm. to take on the welders. And it just hasn't went, it just hasn't been their night. You know, mm-hmm. a, ba- a back pass, a simple back passes went under Stevie McGuire and went into the net, and they're probably going, how did that happen? You know, mm-hmm. but they're still three points clear, although Balna Mallard and the Anna are, are just slowly creeping up there. Yeah. And I think, was it yesterday Anna Balna Mallard had played? Yes, I was going to come on to that next. The Mallard's winning 2-1, um, and I think it was uh, Sam Warrington who got a double for the Mallards. Uh, Richard Clark was sent off in the game. Anna did get a goal back through uh, Robbie Norton uh, in the second half. But a great win for Balna Mallard, who are just three points off the top. Now, Harry McConkie's men are, are right in there. Yep, and again, the wise old fox and Harry McConkie, he's been there, done it. He's got Balna Mallard promoted to the Premiership maybe a couple of times mm. in these positions. Um, so he knows exactly what he's doing. He'll know how to control the scenario. He'll know not to get too ahead of himself and he'll just take one game at, at a time. But that's maybe three points behind Yuri with a game in hand, possibly. Uh, no, they've played 24 games. Anna's got a game in hand on tw- they're on 23, but they're three points behind the Mallards. But yeah, Mallards and then uh, Yuri have both played 24. Yeah, so it's that's going to be tight as well, those those three or four teams up around there, uh, for sure. But it wouldn't be a post-grab without talking about... Um, you know, just how tight that, that league is. It's bonkers. It's absolutely bonkers. You just don't know who's going to beat anybody on the given day. Yeah, no, very much so. And and Lock Gall uh, drawing 1-1 against Dirk View. Of course, they both played premiership opposition in the Cup last week. Dirk View uh, gave Glentorn a real run for their money. And, and that's a good point for them against Lock Gall, who are just in behind that little bunch at the top. And they've got two games in hand, Lock Gall. So if they were to win that, they could be level on points for the Mallards in the second. Yeah, yeah. Lockall are not out of it yet. So, again, they've done a lot of work behind the scenes, Grant. And Lockall are just maybe just sitting in, in behind the chasing pack and just taking one game at a time. And as you say, if they pick up those points with the games in hand, they can go second or third, depending on, on results. Dirkview, you know, they won a lot of people's hearts last week playing Glentorn in the Irish Cup. Went to, Glentorn went to Castle Derg and they were, they were made to earn their win with New Sen and Murray popping up with a goal, you know, but I think Tommy at 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 Dirtview, again, a man that's been there done it, good coach, you know, he he knows how to set up his teams, he knows how he wants to play. And 
and he's doing really, really well in his first season as manager there. Yeah, I was looking at the games of the championship. Every team scored uh, in uh, match day 24, which was quite astonishing. We've got to talk about Dundella because uh, back-to-back victories uh, against Ards, they beat them in the cup 3-2. They won at Clandy Boy 3-1. Now Curry must think, and Clifford Adams for that matter, let's play Ards each week. And no, sorry, no slant to Ards fans there, but but Dundella, since uh, now Curry has come in, they're up to 10th, they're on to 24 points, and they've won three of the last four games. They're unbeaten in the last four. They're on a really good run at the moment. <laughs> I always say it, and my appreciation for Nal Curry, I think I think he's the master of the championship, Grant. Nal Curry has, since he, he took his first job in management, I think with Anna United, uh, then on to Lockall. Nal Curry's been successful anywhere he goes. Again, Another type of manager that players love to play for. Mm-hmm. He's infectious. His backroom team of John and Clifford are top-notch in, in respect of, to where they're at in regards to scouting, in regards to networking. Uh, and Nell just knows that league inside out. And it's no it's no coincidence that the guys went into Dundella, got them off the bottom of the league, and now just chipping away at the points and I'm moving up that league. I think that that'll be a cracker, Dundella and Uri City in the Irish Cup, because I believe Nal could do it. And hopefully that's not the scud on him, but I believe Nal could could really cause a few upsets there. Yeah, I mean, three of the bottom four won this week. Uh, Queen's University, uh, they, they beat Newington uh, in the Cup. Myself and Josh Bunton both thought that Newington would beat Queen's. It didn't work out. We were left with egg in our face in that one. And then they, they followed up, and congratulations to Lauren McCann, who thought this might happen. Uh, Queen's winning against Not Breda 3-1. They're now 11 points adrift at the bottom. They've got to win. It's it's an impo- it's mission impossible, but they're giving it a go to try and survive. Yeah, Peter's done a wonderful job at Queen's. Like they've got promoted from the PIL two and went into the championship. And Queen's are totally different to any other team, Grant, in that league. You know, Queen's predominantly play a lot of amateur players. They they get an awful lot of their players out of the out of the university themselves. You know, yeah. so their their recruitment is a lot different to any other teams. So it's a bit harder for them. But, you know, Tomo's done a good job and, and trying to keep them competitive. It's a big learning curve for him. Um, so if they do get relegated, he'll have that experience to try and get himself back up there again and then know what it takes. But it's not over yet, so still a way to go. Yeah, but a great win against Not Breda, 3-1. Uh, an institute, we shouldn't forget about them because they were second bottom, uh, and they still are, but they picked up a, a great win at Bally Clare against Paul Harbinson's team uh, to a stoppage time uh, winner from Mark McFadden. I mean, Institute, they've had a lot of troubles this season, but they're also battling away. It, it's very exciting, that little battle at the bottom now, because there's just seven points covers Bally Clare in eighth to Institute in 11th. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, it's one of those ones like you win two games, Grant, you get six points, you could move yourself three or four positions in the league. You lose two or three games and you could sort of go down three or four positions in the league. Mm. The championship is just like that. So, again, it's trying to be as consistent as possible. (coughs) Pardon me. 
and lose um, and lose as little points as possible to try and keep yourself in the mix. Yeah, I mean, Bally Clare, just to flip it on its head, are just eight points behind Loch Gull and fourth. So it's just so tight in there. But the, the championship really is uh, hotly contested, as always. Uh, just quickly, some of the scores of the Intermediate League. Uh, Armagh City beat Newington, who, of course, were the league leaders uh, by two goals to one. Banbridge beat Port Stewart. Port Stewart, of course, still in the Irish Cup, so uh, but they did lose to Banbridge 1-0. Moyola Park won 2-1 at Dollingstown. Lisbon Distillery picked up a very good 2-1 win at home to the PSNI. And Banger won by a goal to nil uh, in their match with Tobermore. Uh, Armagh City are still top on 22 points, but Banger just a point behind on 21 and Newington are third on 20. Ryan, let's move into looking at the fixtures we, for the weekend coming ahead. Obviously, we have talked a lot about uh, that match between Cliftonville and Glentorn, and on next week's show, you'll be able to hear uh, our review of that match. But there's two games on Friday night in the the, champion, uh, the Premiership, I should say. Uh, there is one live match on the BBC Sport NI website, Crusaders against Glentorn. I mean, what a week for Glentorn. They've got to go to Solitude on Monday night as we're recording this on the Sunday and then they go to Seaview to play Crusaders on the Friday. I mean, this feels like a significant week for Mick McDermott's team. Massive week for Mick McDermott. If he can come away with four points out of six this week, he'll have done really, really well. If he comes away with six points out of six, Grant, you know they're serious title contenders for me. Yeah. Um, if they lose, three points is not the be-all and end-all uh, because the big teams still have to play each other. But... Massive, massive week for the Glens and, and we're and we're at the end of January because that'll take us up nearly to the end of January to see exactly where they are. How do you see this game going at Seaview? Because Glen Soren ended that curse, didn't they, the last time the two teams met with that Hervoy plum free kick? Do you see them picking up another win like London buses to come at once? Or do you see Crusaders continuing their fantastic form that they've been on, as I mentioned earlier on, with all this clean sheets and results that they're picking up? Yeah, it's a tricky one. That's gonna what what two matches in one week, you know? It's for an Irish League neutral, you know, you're just looking forward to those two matches. But as you say, Crusaders are trying to keep in there with the chasing pack and Glen Torn are trying to stay on Linfield's heels. So I think Glen Torn will do it again. I think it'll be two London bosses for me. Ooh, you think so? I'm going to go for a score draw. I'm going to go 1-1. Uh, I think uh, Crusaders will get a point. And if you heard my thoughts with uh, Lauren on last week's show, you'll have heard my opinions on uh, the Cliftonville Glen Touring game, so I won't give that one away uh, there. Well, another great game on Friday night, though. Lauren against Cliftonville. I mean, obviously, Crusaders Glen Touring is the stream game on the BBC Sport and I website. That's not a bad other card, isn't it? An alternative option. Lauren Cliftonville. I mean, you know, Lauren looking to bounce back following that Slightly shock result against Dungannon, you could say. But Cliftonville, you know, depending on the outcome against the, the Glens on Monday, this could be a big game. It's another big week for, for Cliftonville as well. As we mentioned for Glen Torn, this is a big week for Paddy McLaughlin, isn't it? Massive week as well, Grant. And again, that'll, I suppose Monday will, Monday will be a really determined factor in regards to how the domino effects helps for the next match going into that league. If Cliftonville come out tomorrow night and they win... And they come up with their tails up. They'll go to they'll go to Denver Park, full of confidence, trying to push on from that, and could put them back in the title race. Um, if Glentorn go out tomorrow night and beat Cliftonville, you know Cliftonville need to come out on Friday night, no matter what, and try and get themselves three points to bounce back. So 
there's a lot of permutations this week uh, for for all those big teams involved. And you know, whenever you do the show next next week, it'll be interesting to see just exactly where all the teams sit after these these big games this week. Yeah, it's going to be very exciting. I, I'm going to go for Lauren to bounce back. I think they might nick it by a solitary goal. Ooh. Ah, so, I, I think I think Lauren will win, and I'm going to go three one and leave bonus to get two. Yeah, I actually going for bonus to score the only goal in that game, so I'm going for for one nil to Lauren uh, on Saturday. Uh, Balamina against Warren Point. We talked about the battle for the top six. Balamina will want to get back to winning ways following that defeat but uh, at Linfield, but their home farm, Balamina, has been, been really, really good, as we mentioned earlier on the show. I mean, they've won their last three uh, at home, and of course, they have beaten Larn recently as well, so they've actually won their last four home games, so uh, in fact, there's five, they beat Crusaders as well, so they, they've been in a really, really good place, Balamina. Yeah, and their home form is is really really good off the season to date, as as you've said. So, I, I think I think Balamina will win this one. Mm-hmm. Pains me to say, but I think they could win. I'll go three two. Yeah, I I think Balamina will win as well. I think Warren Point, as always, will be competitive, and I think we'll give it a go. And I just think with Parkhouse in good form, I could maybe see him getting a couple of goals. So I think maybe three one two nil something like that. Um, Cole Rain against Carrick Rangers is at uh, the Cole Rain Showgrounds. Uh, Cole Rain have done reasonably well against Carrick this season, but they need to get a win because, as I said, no wins in the last seven. Carrick, though, looking to bounce back following that drop two points against Glenavon in quite substantial circumstances. This is a, a bit of a big game for, for both managers. Yeah, yeah. I think more so Oren. I think more Oren will want to get back on the horse now as quick as possible. Mm. So I think the fact that they're coming to the showgrounds on the new pitch, you know, I think I think Coleraine wins that, and I think they win it well. I actually think they win three 0 I've got two 0 written down here for for Coleraine. Now, bit of a six pointer this because Dungannon off the back of getting six points last week, they're at home to pour it down. A real opportunity to pretty much cement their status for next season. They're already six points ahead of Portadown. But if Portadown were to win this game, suddenly they're only three points behind. This is a massive game. Uh, that's the pick on the bottom, the bottom ones, because it's so tight. It just seems, it just seems Dean Shields knows how to play against Portadown. Mm. And I think watching the highlights in the last games, you know, he just outfoxed Tippy in, in the regards to the, to the tactics and how they played. Yeah, they so won the last two games. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Tippy will change his tactics for that one. Uh, if he doesn't, I'll go for a Dungannon win. Yeah, I'm going for Dungannon. I'm going for Dungannon as well. They've won the last two games. They've scored four goals in both of those games. I don't think they'll score four here, but I think they'll win it two-one. I think it'll be a close game. I think Portadown will compete, but I'm going for Dungannon to win that one. And then the last game on here, Linfield against Glenavon at Windsor Park. Well, we look at the Friday night games, those two games. If results go David Healy's side's way, they could really put some breathing space yeah. between themselves and the rest of the field. Yeah, and and David will have one eye on the game tomorrow night, and he'll have also one eye on that the other game on the Friday. Um, <sighs> Glenavon going to, to, to Windsor Park. On history, I, I, I think I think 
Linfield win that. And the way we're going at the minute, we're still conceding a lot of goals. Mm-hmm. So I think I think we could lose it 3-1. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at Glenavon's last three meetings at Windsor Park. 7-0, 8-1 and 2-0. It's not great reading, is it? I mean, actually, Linfield have played Glenavon at Moorinview Park in the last four meetings. And Glenavon have only won one of them. So, you know, it's not a particularly good hunting ground for the Lurgan Blues. I have to go Linfield here, and I'm going for 2-0. I, I just think they'll have too much for them. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see if Manzinga uh, scores the goals or not, because I think they need a little bit more still than just Manzinga for their goals. But, yeah, I think Linfield will win that one uh, reasonably comfortably in that one. But uh, as always, Glenavon fans, if they get a result, you can message me on Twitter and let me know what you think about that one. <laughs> Let's move on to uh, the championship because there's a, another really cracking game on Friday night. They are Ards against Anna United. Uh, Ryan, you uh, well done mentioning earlier on that Anna are in that Mid-Ulster Cup final uh, against Warren Point on Tuesday, I believe. That's a bit of an opportunity for them to win some silverware, but then they've got a game here against Ards, and off the back of that disappointing loss at home to Balna Mallard last weekend, Ards lost as well. Bit of an opportunity for both sides to, to get back to winning with. Yep, and again, that that cup final on Tuesday night uh, will be massive in regards to to how Anna then go into the game on the on the Friday. If they win it, there might be a few delayed hangovers. Mm. Grand, you know, going into that, that game, especially with the Northern Irish celebrations when you win a trophy. But yeah, it's a big one. It's a big one for, for Anna and a big week for them. It could be a really positive week winning silverware and then getting another three points to keep themselves in the mix. Or it could be, you know, it could be you could pull away from the from the leading pack with Balner Mallard maybe chipping in and Yuri chipping in to try and get, get them away ahead of themselves. So it's a difficult one for me. I think Warren Point win the Middlestar Cup, but I'll go for Anna to win on the Friday. I, I'm going to go for a draw. I'm going to go 1-1 in that one, I think. Uh, I also slightly agree with you. I think Warren Point will win the, uh, the Middlestar Cup final, but I think they'll win it via penalty shootout. So there's a, a yeah. one for you there. Um, on Saturday, uh, knock Breda home to Bally Clare. I mean, you know, this is a, a big game for both teams who are not in great form neither side. Yeah, Nuffreda are a wee bit hit and miss, Grant. You know, you look at their results this season. They've they pulled up some some really great results, and then and then they they sort of don't build they don't build on it. They get beat, or they they drop points, or they or they, they find it hard to kick on. I think Ballyclare are a good side. I just think they're lacking a wee bit of consistency as well. But I think Ballyclare will beat Nuffreda two 0 I mean, I was having a look at the last couple of meetings between the two sides because not Breda picked up four points against Ballyclare this this season, which I find quite interesting. I, I'm going to go for another draw. I'm going to go 2-2. I think it'll be an interesting game there. Now, the top two clash at Fernie Park as we recorded this. Balna Mallard against Newry City. I mean, what an opportunity for Harry McCulkey's side to pool level with uh, Darren Mullins' team. That'll be a massive game. Massive game this week. Massive. Big drive, a big drive for big drive for Newry going going to Fermanagh. Uh, so how they travel and how they get out of the blocks in the first maybe twenty or thirty minutes will be will be crucial. Uh, and whoever takes the lead in that game, I think will will win. 
Mm. Uh, but I'll actually go for a draw. I actually think both teams will not want to lose. So I'll go 1-1. You'll go 1-1. Oh, I'm going to go for Balna Mallard to win this one. I'm going to go for 2-1-1 for Harry McConkey's side, which could make things very juicy in that title race. Uh, Dirk View at home to institute it to, uh, you know, Dara Park. I mean, you know, Dirk View, we've talked about them a lot on the show this week. You know, they got a lot of plaudits. Um, you know, they, they, they're they right in that little mix at the bottom of the bottom six, top of the bottom six. You know, bit of an opportunity for them, but Institute, great win last week. And they'll be wanting another similar performance to try and pull clear of the drop. Yeah, a bit of a derby there, I think. Um, both teams, as you say, Derby might hopefully push on from their exploits in the Irish Cup last week. And again, won everybody's hearts over last week. So, I'll jump on the Dirkview bandwagon and I'll go for 3-2 to, yeah. to Dirkview. I'm also going for a Dirkview when I'm going for 2-1. Uh, now, Dundella against Loch Gall at Wilger Park. I mean, we've talked a lot about the fact that Nell Curry is the master of the championship, going rather well. Um, what a chance to to try and pull closer to Not Breda in ninth. You know, I, I think they win this game against Loch Gall. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go 2-0. Yeah, I'll go for I'll go for... Uh... I'll go for 1-0. I'll go for 1-0. I just, I just have a good feeling for Dondella just now, and I hope I haven't jigs them. So Clifford and Niall, if you're listening and you lose, please don't at me, all right? Uh, and last up, Harlan and Wolf Welders against Queen's University. The, the Welders are so inconsistent in this league. They infuriate teams and, and people watching them. But if they were to win this game, they could convert probably close up to, to Anna in third, perhaps, and certainly they're right in the mix to potentially challenge. Yeah, we all love the underdog, I think, but I think Harlem Wolf will just have a wee bit too much for Queens, so I think they'll win 2-0. Yeah, I was speaking to Darren Murray on Twitter the other day, and I said that the, the title race is very much back on, and I think he tweeted about it as well. So I'm going for Darren to score in this game, and I'm going for the Welders to win 2-0. So Darren, if you're listening, please don't let me down on that, yeah. on that score. Uh, let's have a look at uh, some of the fixtures just in the uh, very quickly. We'll do our predictions, of course, in the Intermediate League. Uh, just the one game, incidentally, Dollingstown at home to, to Tobermore United. Well, those are our, pred- our predictions and our thoughts on the weekend's games. Uh, you can let us know what you think of that on uh, my Twitter at Stato underscore Grant or just search for Campbell's Footballs, whatever you follow us. Uh, right, we're just about coming towards the end of the show. Obviously, there's been a lot of talk about the Women's Premiership kickstarting again. I think I think I saw it was Alan Perry on, on Twitter was saying that Linfield ladies are back in training. Uh, we saw Crusader mm-hmm. Strikers last week back in training as well. The excitement for the women's premiership restarting again. It's it's getting there, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. I call it I call it the silly season in January because all the teams are now starting to work on their recruitment. They're all starting their preseason campaigns. Uh now in the month of January. It'll be interesting, Grant. This will be a different season to any other season in in the Niffle League because we have two new teams up in the league. We have Lisburn, who got promoted in the championship, we have Mid Ulster ladies who returned to the to the Premiership. Um, so I think that adds now to to eight teams instead of six, which mm. will be fantastic in regards to the amount of fixtures played and the and the different sort of um, the different teams. You're not playing the same teams sort of in a three week basis, so that'll be really good in regards to that. Um, but I'm a wee bit concerned in regards to the league might lose its focus this year because because of the Euros and our and our obviously our girls national team competing in that and 
it'll be interesting to see how, how it pans out. But again, there's a lot of excitement. Uh, a few players will change from, from team to team and teams will be optimistic at the start and, you know, and they'll go into those leagues, they'll go into the league trying to, to sort of take Glen Torn off their perch. And speaking of Glen Torn, they've made a couple of uh, permanent contracts to a, a few of their players, haven't they? I think uh, Jessica Foy was the first last week, I, I believe. And, uh, you know, that's got to be a positive way forward for not just Glen Torn and women, but for the for the women's premiership as a whole. Yeah, it's a massive step forward uh, for the women's game here and fair play to Glen Torn for taking that step and being one of the first teams to do that. I think with the ambitions of with the ambitions of owners in the league, uh, it'll be interesting to see if the Linfields, the Crusaders, the Cliftonvilles of the world follow suit. I think they will. Um, and then over the next two or three months, it'll just be interesting to see what extent the professional female player looks like. Yeah. And of course, as we're recording this, Kerry Beattie uh, went to Glasgow uh, City and she scored the winning goal today against uh, Hamilton Academical in the SWPL. So uh, what a great move for her going to, to Glasgow City. Yeah, the Northern Irish, the Northern Irish uh, contingent are are taking over the Scottish League. We have Demi Vance, Megan Bell, Carrie Beattie. You know, we had Lauren Perry playing for Dundee United and for for performing last year. Billy Simpson playing for for performing last year. You know, so that's really good for our Northern Irish League, for our Northern Irish teams, getting those players across the water. So we do have a a good representation of Northern Irish players both playing in England and Scotland, which is which is great to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, obviously building up to that Premiership, but Glen Torren were, were really good last season, were they? It was a great title race between them and Cliftonville ladies. Do you see those two teams being at the top end again and are Glen Torren the team to beat again? Yeah, Glen Torren will be the team to beat again for sure. Um, and again, they've... They've quality players in their ranks, um, and again, I think they have nine. I think they have nine players mm. in the Northern Ireland uh, full-time squad. So again, those Glentorn players training full-time—that's practically their starting eleven. Grant, you know, so they're going to be treating training full-time and then playing on a Wednesday night. So that'll only add to their performances on and off the pitch. So it'll be interesting to see if anybody can knock them off the perch for sure. Who do you think can surprise this season? I mean, last year, Crusaders strikers showed that they, they are very capable. Linfield ladies had a bit of an up-and-down season. Uh, Sion Switz had a very good end to the season under your, your good self. I mean, wh- where do you think... Uh, who do you think could maybe be a surprise package this season? I think I think Crusaders are, are not too far away. Um, again, they need to make one or two signings in... In different areas, I think the midfield area is an area where they could strengthen, and I think if they strengthen in that area, I really do believe they've got a good back four, they've got a good goalkeeper, and they've got good strikers. I think if they if they uh, sort of spruce up the midfield area, I think they have a real, really good chance to put to put it up to to Glen Torn. Yeah, uh, Linfield are still very much in transition, but. If I was Phil Lewis, I would love that squad because it's full of youth, it's full of enthusiasm. There's a few ex-players or old players coming back into the fold to add that experience. So if I was Phil Lewis in the Linfield camp, you know, 
I'd be I'd be rubbing my hands because that's a squad that you would love to you'd love to work with. Uh, and then you'll have your mid Ulsters, your Lisburns. You know they're coming into the league. It'll be a big experience for them, a big step up for them. Um, and then you'll have Sion and Derry City, you know, and and not not forgetting Cliftonville if they make one or two signings as well, Grant. They mm-hmm. could put it up to Cliftonville or Glentorn because they run them close last year. It certainly will be intriguing to see how that uh, season develops in the Women's Premiership. And we'll be doing uh, our review of the, the Women's uh, Premiership. And I'll also be doing a few preview shows of the build-up to the new season as and when that comes around. So keep it here. I'll have Ryan, Lauren McCann and Stephen Crawford on hand to give their insight to the league as and when that comes around, as well as talking about uh, the men's game very much as well. But Ryan, we're very much coming to the end of the show. Thanks once again for coming on the show. It's been great to chat to you. It feels like ages since we last spoke. I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, what, what's the rest of your week looking like? Because as I said, you've got your finger on the pulse. You're, you're doing so much great stuff there. What is what is the typical week ahead for Ryan McConville? <laughs> yeah, uh, well, tomorrow night we're back in with the 20s. Tomorrow night we'll train Monday and Wednesday with preparation to play Balamina on Saturday. And then Tuesday and Thursday, I'll be in with the, the academy up in Lauren with the girls. Um, and their campaign to start up the league uh, coming here in February. So out of the house every night, Grant, to keep myself busy. But, you know, you miss that buzz. You miss that buzz of the women's game not being involved at the, at the top level. But it's nice to see what's going on from the outside. You know, you're not worried about signings or you're not worried about results, but, but you do miss it. You're getting outside of the house uh, every day and I have been getting myself uh, out and about for the whole of January as well. I don't know if people have been looking on their social media, but I've been trying to walk between eight to 12,000 steps uh, each day uh, for the month of January. I'm hoping to reach a quarter of a million steps between now and the end of January. As we are recording this, I have reached 145,000. So do wish me well in my challenge. It's a, a bit of a, a slog for someone like myself, but I'm enjoying it and hopefully I'll feel a bit fair for it as well. But I hope whatever you're doing, you'll take Campbell's footballs as your podcast of choice out on your travels, whether you're in the office, whether you're out on the walking trail like myself, or whether you're out on the coaching pitch like Ryan is as well. Uh, do take Campbell's footballs wherever you go. Uh, but that's it. We've come to the end of another show of the Northern Irish uh, Football League show. Um, thanks very much to everybody who tunes in the show each week. I really much appreciate your comments. Ryan, thanks again for coming on. All the best, mate. No problem. Grant, thanks. And thanks to everybody who tunes in. Take care. Stay safe. Follow us on uh, Apple, Spotify, uh, all the other podcast providers. And you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter as well. But until then, it's goodbye for now. Well, listener, that brings us to the end of yet another episode of Campbell's Footballs. I hope this podcast was just what the doctor ordered. If you want to listen to previous shows or look out for future shows, follow Campbell's Footballs on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to other podcasts. You can also follow the show on Facebook at Campbell's Footballs. Search for me, StatoG91, on Instagram or other social media channels. But until then, until next time... I hope you enjoyed the crack and enjoy Campbell's footballs. What a dangerous night!